This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 152-inch. On this episode, we are joined by ludicrous Laurie McMillan of the Dr. Demento Show, who is not only a fan and friend of Weird Al, she used to date him! Le bilan, Welcome everyone to episode 152 inch. We know that April Fool's Day is this week. But we've decided to not do anything different than we normally do. That's right, Ethan. Yep, we're always just here a-tootin'. Well, we are very glad to hear that everyone enjoyed our interview with Puzzle Masters Eric Berlin and Joe Bohannon last week. But as I was listening back, I was wondering why I did not challenge Eric on that puzzle he gave us about the comedy duo that has he, ha, and ho in their name. Cheech and Chahong. Sorry, Dave. Not sure what the challenge there is. I clearly see an H-E, an H-A, and an H-O when I write out Cheech and Chong. Well... Technically, it's only true if you spell out A-N-D. Their actual name has an ampersand in it, just like Dave and Ethan. Wow, Dave. You totally should have challenged Eric on that. I'm sure you totally would have won that argument. Oh, well, I guess there's always next time. We have a great episode lined up for you, starting with what's happening in Weird Al-related news. Weird Al has announced three more concert dates for the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. We finally have a venue for the long-anticipated Los Angeles dates on Saturday, June 18th and Sunday, June 19th. Both shows will be held at the Wiltern, and tickets go on sale to the general public for both shows this Friday, April 1st at 10 a.m., Hollywood Star Time, with pre-sale starting tomorrow. And California also got another concert date when the Uptown Theater in Napa, California was announced for Tuesday, September 20th. This is the small theater that Bermuda mentioned in our interview way back in December. Tickets go on sale to the general public this Friday, April 1st at 12 p.m. Hollywood Star Time with pre-sales and VIP meet and greet experience tickets having started today. Now, based on our intern Frank's calculations, 131 shows have been announced so far. So that leaves just two more shows left to reach the announced 133 shows. Now, the L.A. dates for this tour were originally listed as the 17th and 18th of June when the tour was announced. And this has obviously changed. We previously reported that the L.A. shows may be happening at the John Anson Ford Theater, which obviously now is not the case. That information came from the CID Entertainment website, which, as of this announcement, still has the shows listed as being at the John Anson Ford Theater on the 17th and 18th, not the 18th and 19th at the Wiltern. And because, well, 
Why not? We'll also point out that this CID Entertainment VIP website does not list the Saratoga, California show on September 21st. Both the tickets and the VIP are listed as coming soon on Weird Al's website, so who knows what's going on? Yeah, who knows what's going on indeed, but we do know for a fact this is is totally our intern Frank's fault. Curses, intern Frank! Weird Al was mentioned in a clue on Monday's episode of Jeopardy. Now the clue read, For over half a century, partygoers have been flapping their arms to this novelty tune. Even Weird Al covered it in a polka medley. Well, Dave, do you know what the answer is? What is the chicken dance? Wait, you don't know what the chicken dance is? Jeez, Dave, the chicken dance. You know, it's played as the opening to Polka-Rama on Weird Al's Straight Outta Linwood album. Oh, sheesh. You better not be a contestant on Jeopardy anytime soon, because you will totally lose. Anyway, comicbook.com ran a story last week titled Star Wars. Weird Al Yankovic reveals he recorded music for unreleased Detours series, which basically talked about how Weird Al Yankovic revealed he recorded music for the unreleased Star Wars Detour series. Now, this story, which was also picked up by Slash Film and Nerdist, reported that on last week's episode of Connor Ratliff's The George Lucas Talk Show, Weird Al revealed that big news. And while normally something like this would be big news to share on our show, Weird Al already told us this on Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast back in October 2021. Great journalism, comicbook.com slash film and nerdist. Real great. Sheesh. Sheesh. Well, while our intern Frank continues to watch every single combination possible of the American Greetings, Weird Al Yankovic birthday smash-up, we decided to have him do some quadruple duty and determine exactly how long it would take for him to watch them all. So Frank did all the calculations, and he's determined that it will take... 17,606,400 seconds. Or 293,440 minutes. Or 4,890 hours and 40 minutes. Or 203 days, 18 hours, and 40 minutes. Which is just under seven months straight. Which is longer than the entire unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour. Hey, Ethan, have you signed up and sent any birthday greetings to anyone yet? Yeah. Oh, I was having so much fun all last week and all this week. I've sent it to a number of people who've actually had birthdays recently or within that time. I sent it to my brother who had his birthday a few weeks ago. And I sent it to Joel Miller on his birthday. It was so cool. Everyone absolutely loves it. It's so much fun to play around with. Even if you don't have anyone to send birthday greetings to, you can still play around with it. But I have sent a few off as well and have heard a lot of positive feedback about the greetings. Now, over on our Facebook group, group group.2000inch.com, our listeners Mike Minnick and Kelly Bixler both mentioned that when they first accessed the American Greetings Smash Up website, they saw a separate entire list of celebrity names to choose from, including Jimmy Fallon, Daniel Radcliffe, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. While folding our gym shorts, our intern Frank noticed that there is a gap of at least 29 in the coding for the name selection on the website, so we are wondering if those were where the celebrity names originally were. 
Please let us know if you saw what Mike and Kelly saw and if you have any other information on that for us. We'd love to know more. And before we move on from the American Greetings Weird Al Yankovic birthday smash-up, we wanted to point out a certain review. Pretty stinking majestic! What an incredible idea! There is nothing more important anyone could receive on their birthday than this birthday smash-up e-card from American Greetings! Our intern Frank is currently working his way through watching all 220,080 combinations. We here at Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast think that that review should be higher up on the page. So next time you're on the website, it would be a lot of fun if you click that review as being helpful. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan... God dang it, Bobby. What the hell is this vegan nonsense? This family does not support that lifestyle. Why the... You mean this is for Mr. Yankovic? Well, why the heck didn't you say so, Bobby? That man spoke to my soul with trigger happy. It's a real shame he blew his brains out. Fine, give me back that paper. Alright, this week's episode is brought to you in part by... Ugh. Vegan burrito restaurant, burrito burrito in Troy, New York. God dang it, Bobby. You do not make these things easy on me. Uh, home of the two pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito and wizard burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to burrito burrito and burrito burrito your burrito burrito. Bobby, this is just nonsense. Uh, or, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say, beefy, vegan burgers. Better not say beefy or I'll kick your ass. Uh, from Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquare.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Now let's move on to what's happening in Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West related news. Last week, the Grammy Award winning podcast theme song composer Jim Kimo West and the acclaimed Hawaiian falsetto vocalist Leo Kane Pryor released the song Pua Ahihi. He is the first single from the upcoming album, Lonnie Huli, and is available now to download and stream. Plus, be sure to check out the music video for the song on YouTube as well. All right, all right, all right. Now let's get to this episode's interview. We have a real treat for you guys on the podcast this week. We have joining us a former cast member of the Dr. Demento Show. You know her as Ludacris Laurie. She's Laurie McMillan, and she's a very longtime friend of Weird Al, going all the way back to the late 1970s. She's got incredible stories that she's going to share with us about knowing Weird Al all these years. So... Is our great pleasure to welcome Lori McMillan, Ludicrous Lori, to our podcast. Hey, Lori, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are so excited to get to talk to you. So, Lori, your current last name is McMillan, but we also know you used to be known as Lori O'Grady. And it took a little bit of research to figure that out because there's not a whole lot of information online. But um, our friend Eddie Schmidt told UH Jeff. 
hey, you got to get Laurie O'Grady on your show because they found the My Bologna lyrics that you submitted into Songs in the Rough, a book by Stephen Bishop. So I started Googling. I Googled Laurie O'Grady first, and the first thing that came up was a gynecologist in Chicago. And I'm like, well... (laughs) Okay. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know if that's her or not. <laughs> not me. But luckily, after some more digging, we found you, the actual you. So we're really excited that this is all working out. And we're getting to talk to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I wanted to make a, a comment, too, because in the book, Stephen B- Bishop had said that I was Weird Al's girlfriend when he wrote and recorded My Bologna. That wasn't exactly right. I met him after he recorded that. I met him probably a month or so after he recorded that and he had the song on the Dr. Demento show. For people who aren't familiar with the book Songs in the Rough by Stephen Bishop, it's a book where there are a lot of handwritten early lyrics for different songs. And Weird Al, of course, is one of them with My Bologna. And it's it's such an obscure book. It came out in the mid-90s. Weird Al's not even mentioned like on the back cover and the blurb or anything. So it's, it's a very like long-lost thing. And it's really incredible to take a look at Al's actual handwriting and, and seeing the lyrics. And they do a little interview with Al in there. And there's a, a brief interview with you. I, I guess there's a multi-prong question here. How did you get the lyrics to my Bologna and also how did you get in touch with Stephen Bishop or how did he get in touch with you to have the lyrics printed yeah well um okay so the the lyrics um that's one story so um let me just go back I'll roll back the way back machine to December 30th 1979 on that day I went to the Dr. Demento Funny 50 show which was the Dr. Demento year-end show uh, where he played the funniest, most the fun the fifty funniest, most requested songs of nineteen seventy nine, and I was one of the interns on the show, answering phone calls and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Weird Al was one of the guests, of course. So, um, you know, I, I got to the studio and uh, I, I you know met Al at the time. He went by the name Alfred. And um, it's interesting because I would call him Alfred. Other people would call him Alfred. But the letters that he would send me, um, and I'll get to that in a moment, (laughs) he would actually sign him as Al. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, as, you know, um, in the studio, um, how do I describe this? So, the Dr. Demento show at KMET, there was a main studio that Dr. Demento would be in playing the records and and that sort. And then there were two smaller studios that had the telephones. We, we, you know, we take the request. So there were several people on the show that night. I believe um, Barnes and Barnes were there, Damascus, Sulu, Beefalo Bill, you know, the, the, the typical crowd. So half of us would go into one room, half of us would go into the other. Well, I was trying to be kind of social and go from one room to another and, you know, see, you know, how everybody was doing and, mm-hmm. and that sort. And I found that Al was following me from one room to the other. And he kept <laughs> asking me questions about my, myself. So you know, I, I finally said, why are you asking me all these questions about me? I should be asking questions about you. You're the one who has a record on Capitol Records. I mean, big time, you know, Beatles, Capitol Records. Yeah, and you're right. asking me all these questions. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he was really, really nice. He actually gave me a copy of My Bologna. 
with a little inscription that said, come up and visit me sometime. I still have that record. Oh, I still wow. have that record with that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So at, yeah, at, at the end of the show, um, so this is December 30th, um, the day before New Year's Eve. At the end of the show, he asked if I wanted to go to the Rose Parade, that um, he was supposed to be meeting some friends of his on Colorado Boulevard. They're going to camp out and see the parade the next day. So um, I said yes. I, I thought that would be fun. And um, so the next day, he came down in a 64 Belvedere, came down to my parents' house in Orange County, and um, he met my parents. My parents loved him right away. Uh, he made a very good impression. Yeah. Yes. The only problem is my dad looked out the window and saw his car, and he said, well, okay, here's the thing. You can take my daughter out to Pasadena, but can you take my car instead? So he handed, <laughs> my dad handed, handed him his car, he, the keys to his car. Um, wow. I don't think he, he, he trusted Al. He didn't really trust the car, I guess. Right. <laughs> he didn't want you to go Belvedere cruising that night. <laughs> That's right. Down Colorado Boulevard. Exactly. It's a Pasadena version of that song. That's incredible. So, um, I mean, that was, that was our first date, and we ended up dating for several months after that. And he would send me letters, and within the letters, he would send me all these great newspaper articles. Um, I have the San Luis Obispo, oh, the, um, the record that he did for the Cal Poly, Cal Poly Orientation, I believe it was. Oh, the Week of Welcome Flexi Disc. That's right. Exactly. Yes, I and I still have that too. Wow. But one of the things he said were the lyrics to my Bologna. And I was I was thrilled. And um I think he made some comment about, you know, maybe it'll be worth a fortune or at least fifty cents. So <laughs> I mean, if I'm talking to the people here on the podcast, the two people I'm talking to, I would think that to them it would be worth more than fifty cents, maybe right. seventy five, but I'm not. I'm not I sure. Mean, I'll double so it. So that's how I. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I've, I, you know, I'm honestly thinking about turning it into an NFT. Oh, wow! I just, I, I, I'm idea. not quite sure how to do that, but <laughs> we'll have to talk about that afterwards. Right. Sure. So I want to go back a little bit to the day you met Al on the Dr. Demento show. You said it was December 30th, 1979. How long had you been working on the Dr. Demento show? Or was that your first time there? I've been working on that show since 1978, since November of 1978. But I didn't go very often because, I again, I was living down in Orange County and it was a bit of a drive. Mm -hmm. But I probably been on, had been on the show a couple of times before that. But I've, I've become friends with several people on the show, like Sulu, Damascus, Barnes and Barnes, Beefalo Bill. You know, we're all friends at that time. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a fun thing to do. And it was a good way to, you know, just be around people that I had a lot in, com a lot in common with, listening to the kind of music that I like to listen to, that sort of thing. Yeah, so how did you get into Dr. Demento? Was it just flipping through the radio or were you already a fan of, you know, comedy and novelty music? Well, you know, okay, so uh, I first discovered Dr. Demento and I'm trying to think of what year this would have been. I want to say it may have been around 1975. 
at that time, I was a huge fan of Monty Python. Even though I was young, mm -hmm. my father got me into Monty Python. And um, so, I mean, I, I loved the show. Well, one, one Sunday night, I was going through, you know, just kind of tuning through the radio. And I found that they were playing, I think it was probably the Dead, the dead Parrot sketch. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I caught. And I thought oh my gosh, they're playing Monty Python on the radio. And then I, I realized, oh, it's not just Monty Python. It's all this, uh, you know, all these other funny records. And I just became a fan of the show, you know, from that point. And then I, I would call into the show regularly, almost every week. And that's how I really got to know a lot of the people on the show. And then I believe it was sometime in... I want to say November of 78. It was before I actually went on the show the first time. It was probably at the beginning of November of 78. Dr. Demento had a live broadcast he did from Huntington Park, hmm. which is kind of an interesting place to go now. But at that time, there was a carnival going on and he was broadcasting live. So I thought, here's my chance to meet all the people I've been talking to. And I hadn't spoken to Dr. Demento. I hadn't met him before. So I stood in line, you know, waiting to walk up and meet Dr. Demento. And I had my parents with me at the time. So we, we I met him and I, I had mentioned that I called it into the show and I knew some of the cast members, um, you know, around. But somehow my father started to talk to him. And my father had a rare recording of Al Jolson and Bing Crosby, hmm. something that my father had acquired. He, my, my, my dad was a scientist who worked as a material scientist at 3M wow. in recording devices. And wow. somehow, yes, yeah, somehow he had this old wire recording of Al Jolson and Bing Crosby he, he acquired from somebody at the company. And um, Dr. Demento said, you know, I really would like to listen to that. So my father made a transfer. And um, once he did that, I called the Dr. Demento show up. And I asked to speak to Dr. Demento. And of course, I'm, I'm nervous. I am just <laughs> sitting there and my palms are sweaty like, oh, my gosh. I'm a, you know, when you're sitting there on hold and you know the next voice will be that voice. <laughs> So I'm sitting there on hold and he comes on and, and I said, yeah, you know, my name is Laurie O'Grady. You met my father at, you know, the Huntington Park show. And I have that recording you're, you're interested in. And for some reason, okay, when you're a teenager, you think you're being so clever, clever about things. And then you realize, realize how stupid you sound afterwards. But I said, you know, I could send this in the mail, but it could get lost. It could get damaged. And he kind of stopped me. He said, you want to come by the studio and drop it off? And I said, yes, yes, please. And he said, and, and, while, and while, while you're here, you know, when you come here, you could stay for the show. And I thought, oh, my gosh, really? I mean, like I said, I'm a... I'm a teenager in high school, and my, my head is exploding right at this moment. So I, I go to the show. You know, I stay for the whole show. And at the very end of it, Dr. Demento said, if you ever want to come back again, you're welcome to come back, you know. And um, I, I had my formal init initiation. Um, the, okay, so my name is Ludacris Laurie. There was another ludicrous Lori on the show. She was a friend of Musical Mike's. Huh. And, yeah, so 
she was the one who said, well, you could be ludicrous, Lori, too. So I was actually christened, you know, the, the formal, you know, get hit over the head with a record christened as <laughs> Ludacris Lori 2. But okay. Ludacris Lori 1 stopped going to the show, so I just dropped the two, and now I'm Ludacris Lori. <laughs> okay. It's like in superhero comics where, like, they just, right. you know, get a new guy. Yes. Superhero. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like Spider-Man, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to December 30th, 1979. You're in the studio, you know, working the phones and this guy, Alfred, comes around. He's following you around the studio. And then he basically asks you out on a date and you say yes. Now, what, what possessed you to say yes to somebody who was following you around the studio and... Uh, then ended up uh, you just had met that day and then then you decide to go spend an entire entire night out on the streets of Pasadena with this gentleman yes I know it's it sounds unbelievable <laughs> let me think of it that way you know I I he he was he was like nobody else I'd ever met he was so funny and he's he's very attentive that's one thing I have to say when you were around him, he he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. I mean, he's he was so attentive and so funny and, you know, really sweet, too. And I thought, you know, this sounds like fun. I mean, this really sounds like a fun time. And um, we ended up, um, I, I, I received this Mr. Bill clay kind of figure thing. There's a little clay kit that somebody was selling uh, okay. at, at the time. And I think it was my okay. sister who gave it to me for Christmas. So we brought that to the Rose Parade with us. We thought, you know, we could put this together while we're sitting there. And we put him together and we ended up sitting him kind of like on the curb so he can watch the parade. And um, at some point, Al just took him and said, you know, he needs a better view. He put him right in the middle of the street <laughs> and the marching oh, well. band had to walk around him so they would oh, step no. on him. <laughs> But then this float came by, and the float—I guess the driver saw him. So the float ran, ran him over, and you can hear all the people around. You know, everyone's like, "Oh no, Mr. Bill, no!" <laughs> but the float runs him over, stops, backs up, runs him over again, and keeps going. And I'm just laughing. I am just laughing so hard. And I thought, like I said, I've never met anybody like this. I want to go out with this guy. He's so funny. And he's, like I said, he's so funny, but he was so nice, too. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, it, it sounds like you were already kind of aware of him by the time you guys met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I'd heard My Bologna. I thought it was great. I mean, I the, the song was incredible. And, I mean, when you think about the songs that were sent in by people, most of them... They were, they were good, but the the it, obviously the recording quality wasn't, you know, up to par with some of the real records or Tom Lair, Alan Sherman, people like that. Right. So you know, Al comes along with this really great recording. You know, I mean, you know, obviously it's it's you know it, it's it's you know recorded in the bathroom right. and all that, but it sounds really good. It, you know, it sounds really professional. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was so funny. And then the idea of parodies, you know, I, I, I liked the idea of parodies and, it, it, you know, you'd hear some here and there, but nothing, nothing like what he did. And then, um, 
I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely knew who he was. He was number, I, well, hmm. I'm trying to remember what number he was that year. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can help me out because I thought he was number one, but then I think I looked at a playlist and Fish Heads may, may have been number one that year. We'll have to look that up. Oh, yeah, it's tough to compete with Fish Heads. Yeah. <laughs> I know he was definitely up there. Well, Dave's looking that up. Was there any chance Al was already aware of you? Like, you know, because you were already going to the studio and he listened every week. Was he aware of you or was he just like he saw you and he's like, wow. I think he just saw me and, and was, wow. I, I <laughs> don't think he was aware of me. At least I don't know. I, I don't think he was aware of me for any reason. I mean, I, I was friends with Beefalo Bill, who he went to school with, but I don't think that there was any connection there. I think I was, I was just a new girl he met in the studio. Right. Okay. The Funny 50 for December 30th, 1979, Weird Al's My Bologna came in at number five uh-huh. to be beat by Pencil Neck Geek with Freddie Blassie, Dead Puppies by the Ogden Etzel, etc., uh, etc. Et band. Wow, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Bleepies and Beer by Frank Zappa. And then, of course, Fish Heads by Barnes & Barnes is number one. What a travesty. He should have been number one. Yes. <laughs> he should have been number one. He should have been number one. Travesty. Now, uh, before we move on from this, this uh <laughs> two-day period, I guess, in your life. While we're talking about My Bologna, in that book that we mentioned, the Songs in the Rough book, there's actually alternate lyrics on that sheet that he sent you, and there's a thing that says over, implying that maybe there's more lyrics. So I'm just curious, you know, what is on the back? Are there more alternate lyrics, or what can you share with us? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know what? We we may have to um, do this in another another, episode. session because sure. I'll, I may have to find that. I don't have it. But I do want to say that the over thing was like a real Al thing. Every letter he had, over, 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 turn over. <laughs> I don't, and maybe that was something that people, I mean, I, I used to write letters all the time too. I think I used to put over because Otherwise, how do you know that there's something on the other side of the paper? Because people would naturally look on the other other side of the piece of paper. <laughs> but yeah. but I, if I remember correctly, there was another verse or something hmm. on the other side. So I'll need to... Yeah, uh, you'll have to look that up and, and let us know. Because I, I know we'll yes. love to hear that. I know our audience would love to hear that. A- another question about it is, you know, this was 1979, You you know or maybe 1980 at the point that you actually got the lyrics, but what caused you to actually hold on to them and, and hold on to the the letters and, and everything that you did hold on to? I I think, you know, well, there, there were a couple of things. Number one, I hold on to pretty much everything. I'm not a hoarder, but things like that I'll hold on to because they were special. They're sentimental to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's the sentimentality of it. But I also, I have to say that I always believed that Al would go someplace in his life. I I thought he was way too talented, way too smart to just stop at being an architect or something like that. Mm -hmm. I I think I always knew he was going to, you know, make it really big. So (laughs) I, 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 you know, I I thought it would be kind of nice to keep these and, and now I'm happy that I did. Yes, us too. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, I, I'd love to hear the story about how you ended up connecting with Stephen Bishop and, and getting my Bologna, the original lyric sheet, in print. But before we did that, I just wanted to to read for the people who do not have this book in front of them at the time. The verse that does not show up in the actual song, My Bologna. Yes. And uh, in my poor singing voice, I will, <laughs> I will attempt to sing this. <laughs> Better add a lettuce leaf, a lettuce leaf, put it on the sandwich with my bologna. Like it more than hammer beef, a hammer beef, though I've never asked why bologna. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I've never asked why bologna. I love that. This is over, so we do not know what the next verse is, but... <laughs> it may have just been the m- m- my bologna. It might just that repeated yeah. over and over. I'm trying to right. I have a somewhat photographic memory, but it's a little bit fuzzy. So, how did you end up connecting with Stephen Bishop to get my bologna, the original lyric sheet, in print? Uh, actually, Al connected me with Stephen Bishop. I think that somehow I don't know if Stephen Bishop connect you know connected with Al. Or if Al said, hey, I've got, you know, the song, My Bologna, maybe you want to, you know, put it, you know, in your book. I'm not sure exactly who suggested that. But then Al contacted me, um, got me in touch with Stephen Bishop and, you know, made sure that I still had the lyrics, of course. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen Bishop uh, contacted me about that. So I brought I brought the lyrics over to his house. I think he was living Somewhere in Laurel Canyon, somewhere around there, I remember going there. And uh, again, it, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Stephen Bishop's house. This is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the funny thing about that is I didn't hear anything back about that for years. And I finally had a contact Al sometime around, I want to say 2000 or so, to see if he had... Uh, a, a contact, for, you know, a number or address for Stephen Bishop because I wanted to get the lyrics back because I realized, you know, I never got the lyrics back and I never got a copy of the book either. So oh. if anybody knows anything about that, I never actually got a copy of that book. Wow. So, so Ethan, I thank you for sending me the little photocopies of it. I actually saw a copy of that book on eBay at one time and I contacted the seller and I specifically said, is there, you know, you know, do you, do you see Weird Al My Bologna in the book? He said, no, it's not in here. Huh. So I thought, oh, I guess hmm. it didn't make it. But I was wrong. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy you, 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 sent, you sent the photocopies to me. Of course. <laughs> sure. Yep. There, there, were, there were a couple of years there that those lyrics were kind of in a... Um, like a quantum state, I didn't, didn't exactly know where they were, and that made me a bit nervous. Now they're sitting in a safe deposit box. Okay, you did get them back, though. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. And then for anyone who wants to, to actually track down this book, it is called Songs in the Rough by Stephen Bishop on St. Martin Press, and it came out in 1996, so you're probably looking, like you said, Lori, on eBay or some other um, old bookstores for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can confirm it does include a page on <laughs> my Bologna. Two pages yeah, thank on my you. And, and, and thank you to whomever told me wrong on eBay. Right. You lost a sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I guess 
getting back on track. We're now on the 31st of December, 1979. We haven't made it very far. Um, <laughs> yes. Is that... Um, were you... uh, so what year are we in now? <laughs> Was that date, did it end up going well? It sounded like with the Mr. Bill thing, it went well. Were you guys officially a couple or, you know... You couldn't be Facebook official back then, so I'm I'm just curious. You know what was the uh, <laughs> was the switch flipped? Were you guys official at that point? Yes, yes, I would say yes. Yeah. How I, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I, I I at that point um, I I became I became I went from friend to girlfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so after that date. He went back to um, he went back to school and started writing me letters, quite often it seemed. Oh yeah. And yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Just you know, really sweet letters. Like it was so great, you know, meeting you and going out. And we had so much fun, and and you know, I really want to see you again. And he had planned to come down to the L.A. Orange County area sometime in March for spring break. But at some point in January, he said, I can't wait that long. I have to see you sooner. So how about, uh, you know, what are you doing for President's Day weekend? Are you going to be around and that sort of thing? So, um, yes, yeah, so he came, he came down in February. And we did some kind of like silly things when we went out. We'd go to Kmart and chase around the little blue light, you know, the little blue light special. Every time they would announce where, yeah. where the special was, we'd run and say, oh, here it is, here it is. And um, I, I, I remember something about going to 31 or, or Baskin and Robbins and wanting to taste all 31 flavors. But one of the oh, yeah. things we... <laughs> Just little silly things like that. I, well, we've heard that Al is like a huge fan of ice cream, so that that completely yes. uh, tracks. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but one thing we did do we 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 went on the Doctor Demento show, and before we got, uh, yeah, before the show, we got there early. And we need to stop the interview right there, but we'll be back next episode with even more from the fantastic Ludacris Lori. Liberté de penser. Oh, okay, fellas, no need to get rough. I'll, I'll, I'll read it. And after I do this, you'll you'll get rid of those pictures, right, fellas? <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you in part by Dar- Discover Darwin. Darwin, Minnesota is home to a festering pile of... Listen, fellas, I don't want to make any trouble. I know you Dassel boys are just trying to... Oh! Darwin, Minnesota is a garbage garbage dump of a town. All the people there smell bad and and their twyball isn't even cool. Nobody should... Should go there. Everyone knows that Dassel, Minnesota is totally cooler. So don't visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Go to Dassel instead. This is a voluntary message that the city of Darwin has asked me to say, which I'm not being forced into. It's a lie that kidnapped me. Someone help stop them. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, and Jackson Scoggins. 
Our podcast is also supported by everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Scott, UH Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, Jake, Blair, Jared, Allison, Frank from the Bank, Adriana, Zeb, and also thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Maria, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly, wild and wacky Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits, like getting your name on the podcast and access to secret episodes. Plus, you can learn how to become a sponsor of the podcast. How radical! And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. Our new We Hate Intern Frank line of merchandise makes a great gift for International Folding Laundry Day. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al or the podcast by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episodes, for our special bonus episode book series, where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you to all of you for subscribing and leaving your awesome, fantastic reviews about our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribed, because not only does it help the podcast, it also keeps your cottons from shrinking and your undies from turning pink. Thank you once again to our guest, Ludacris Laurie McMillan. Thank you to Eddie Schmidt, UH Jeff Nucera, Christian Portwine, Jeff Morris, The Demented Music Database at dmdb.org, Mike Minnick, Kelly Bixler, Will King, Zeb Lemke and the Boyos, and thank you to Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Be sure hold to- on, hold on, Ethan. I got to stop you right there. Did you say Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast? Yeah, of course. Dave A-N-D, Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast? Oh, you're right, Dave. I'm sorry. Here, let me try that again. Thank you for choosing Dave Ampersand Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Be sure to tune in next episode for part two of our exciting interview with ludicrous Lori McMillan. And until next time, remember to Gil Ampersand Chill. No, it's Gil and Chill. Gil A-N-D Chill. Sheesh. That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 152.
Da 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 da. Better add a lettuce leaf, a lettuce leaf. Put it on the sandwich with my bologna. Like it more than hammer beef, a hammer beef. Though I've never asked why bologna.